This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today, I'd like to talk about independent medical examinations as they are used in third-party liability claims. When a claimant claims an injury that does not agree with the facts of the incident claimed to have caused the injury, the adjuster or defense lawyer will often seek the assistance of an independent medical examiner, an IME, to verify the extent of the claimed injury. The IME is usually a forensic physician or a chiropractor who has agreed to evaluate an injured person for a fee and is not involved in the treatment of the injured person. In Pennsylvania, an insurer providing medical benefits to its insureds following an automobile accident did not have to establish good cause before the insureds were required to take physical examination administered by a doctor of the insurer's choice, even though a statute provided generally that the insurer seeking to compel independent medical exam was required to show good cause. The policy gave the insurer the right to order the examination without establishing good cause. This was Fleming versus CNA, a Pennsylvania case in 1991. Independent medical examinations are within the trial court's discretion and are not available as a matter of right. Before a trial court orders a party to submit to an independent medical examination, the party requesting the examination must, in normal cases, show good cause. Where a claimant requested an independent medical examination because of disputes regarding whether she had reached maximum medical involvement and whether she had any permanent impairment, it was equally apparent that no dispute existed regarding the medical care that had been provided by the managed care plan. Because the claimant was not seeking the independent medical examination to resolve a dispute regarding the medical care that had been provided by the managed care plan, the provisions of the state statutes were inapplicable and claimant's entitlement to an independent medical examination was controlled by the Florida statute. Pursuant to that statute, she was entitled to the independent medical examination requested. Now, if an insurer or law firm fails to use an IME in good faith, they can have problems. Special Investigation Unit, or SIU, investigators, who by definition see mostly people who are attempting to defraud an insurer, will often be involved in retaining the services of an IME. They and the physicians they employ as IMEs will occasionally lose sight of the insurer's obligation to treat its insured fairly and in good faith. The SIU or adjuster must always instruct the IME 
to provide only his or her professional opinion based on review of records and physical examination of the claimant or plaintiff. The insurer should never, ever suggest a finding to the IME. Doing so can be and will be construed as an act of tortious bad faith. One such misstep was reported in a case called Sprague v. Equifax, a 1985 California Court of Appeal decision, where the court found, among other things, that the investigator wrote to the IME regarding the plaintiff's investigation as follows, quote, I am representing an insurer. They have asked that I have you examine one of their insureds who is currently on disability. Mr. Sprague has been de- disabled since May 31, 1975, due to a back problem. We do not know the exact nature of his problem. In your examination, please determine whether or not you would consider him to be totally and permanently disabled from any and all occupations for which he might reasonably be fitted. In fact, the insurer had not told Mr. Roth, the investigator, that they did not know the nature of the plaintiff's problem, and Mr. Roth did not request more information. Mr. Roth also did not inquire what definition of disability applied to plaintiff under the insurance policy and did not inform the doctor that under California law, plaintiff would still be deemed disabled unless he could perform, quote, the substantial and material acts necessary to a business or occupation in the usual or customary way, or that he would still be disabled even if he could perform sporadic tests. Dr. Ramey's report, dated the same day as the examination, concluded that plaintiff was suffering from a lumbosacral strain and degenerative arthritis and should be restricted to light work with a minimum of physical effort. On May 12, shortly thereafter, the insurer cut off benefits based on the report. The adjuster testified that he was told by his supervisor that the purpose of a claims department was not to find ways to pay claims, but to find ways to deny claims. Thus, based on Dr. Ramey's report, he felt that there was sufficient information to deny plaintiff's claim and that it was unnecessary to consider any other information. Of course, the truth was the opposite of what the insurer testified to. The purpose of a claims department is to find ways to pay, not to deny claims. The $5 million verdict that resulted in the Sprague case made insurers much more careful when they ordered independent medical exams in California and hopefully will never again tell an IME what to conclude after doing the examination. 
Much time has passed, and the insurers are forgetting the loss in Tot and Sprague. The errors made by the investigators and claims people were breaches of their ethical obligations. They should have instructed the IME as to the proper definition of total disability and should have known that the disability benefits were owed when the IME reported the existence of degenerative arthritis. It is the obligation of an adjuster to obtain the best and most accurate information available from an IME. The adjuster should be ready and willing to advise the insurer to pay benefits if the IME establishes that the person being examined was truly injured or be ready to revise the evaluation of the case based upon the IME's advice. The party moving for an IME must demonstrate to a court if a court order is necessary, the following. 1. That the physical or mental condition of the party sought to be examined is in controversy. And 2. That good cause exists for requiring the party to submit to the examination. An absolute privilege protects the IME doctor from potential liability for allegedly defamatory statements made in his IME report. In 2003, in Chapman v. Mayo, Justice Hickman of the Supreme Court of New York, the trial court, expressed serious displeasure with an insurer's conduct. In an action to recover damages for personal injuries, the defendant's unsuccessful attempt to reduce a jury verdict of over $1 million for the plaintiff's injuries was made on grounds that raised the ire of the justice. After complaining about the defendant's and his insurer's lack of cooperation in the settlement practice, Justice Hickman found it necessary to comment on the IME presented by the defense. The judge, without an obligation to do so, opined, quote, In defendant's expert physician's file, which plaintiff's counsel was allowed to examine prior to cross-examination, was a request that the doctor conduct an IME. Attached as an exhibit to this decision, is a copy of this request marked at the trial as Plaintiff's Exhibit 14. The contents of the request raise serious questions about whether the courts are being seriously and routinely misled by the concept of a truly independent medical examination. If, in fact, as seems clearly to the case here, Many doctors who perform IMEs are being directed to only make findings adverse to a plaintiff and do not advise of anything favorable to that plaintiff. There is no independence involved. It is clear that in many legitimate lawsuits involving serious injury, the insurer is intentionally suppressing medical information that should be a part of the file. 
How can those responsible for evaluating and settling cases do so fairly, effectively, and justly when they do not receive critical information from an IME? The whole purpose of an IME is to give the carrier an opportunity to do their own medical evaluation. It should not be used to suppress all information favorable to a legitimate plaintiff with serious injuries. Although the insurer was not a party to the action, Justice Hickman wanted it made clear to the defendant insured that he was treated wrongfully by the insurer. The judge was so angered, and properly so, by the wrongful conduct of the insurer that he solicited the insured defendant to file a bad faith suit. To avoid charges of bad faith, every insurer and its personnel should apply the golden rule and treat every insured and claimant as they would expect to be treated by their own insurer. Perhaps to avoid the ire of judges like Judge Hiss Justice Hickman, Medical examiners have established their own codes of ethics with regard to an IME and are obligated by those codes to report their findings fairly and accurately. The American Board of Independent Medical Examiners has established the following as its code of ethics. Physicians shall be honest in all communications. Respect the rights of the examinees and other participants and treat these individuals with dignity and respect. At the medical examination, the physician shall introduce himself or herself to the examinee as the examining physician, advise the examinee they are seeing him or her for an independent medical examination, and the information provided will be used in the assessment and presentation of a report that they will provide the examinee with the name of the party requesting the examination, that they advise the examinee no treating physician-patient relationship will be established, that they explain the examination procedure, that they provide adequate draping and privacy if the examinee needs to remove clothing for the examination, that they will refrain from derogatory comments, and close the examination by telling the examinee that the examination is over, and ask if there is any further information the examinee would like to reach conclusions that are based on facts, that are based on facts and sound medical knowledge and for which the independent medical examiner has adequate qualifications to address. The examiner must be prepared to address conflict in a professional and constructive manner. Never accept a fee for services which is dependent on writing a report favorable to the referral service and maintain confidentiality consistent with the applicable legal jurisdiction. Following those rules of ethics, the adjuster who follows the rules profiled by the American Board of Independent Medical Examiners 
which are similar to those posited by the International Association of Special Investigation Units, should receive appropriate independent medical advice. The adjuster and the SIU fraud investigator must be dedicated to promote a coordinated effort within the industry to combat insurance fraud, providing education and training for insurance investigators, developing greater awareness of the insurance fraud problem, encouraging high professional standards of conduct among insurance investigators and supporting legislation that acts as a deterrent to the crime of insurance fraud. When an IME is retained, the insurer should advise the IME of his obligations in writing and that the purpose of the examination is to thoroughly review all relevant facts within the examiner's field of expertise so that the insurer may determine whether the injuries reported by the claimant was caused by the accident and, if so, the extent of the injuries so that the insurer may properly evaluate his claim. The insurer expects the examiner to provide the insurer with sufficient facts to assist it in its obligation to make a decision with regard to the claim. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 107, Second Edition, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com and from my website, Zalma on Insurance, by clicking on the link to the Insurance Claims Library for further detail. If you found this video to be useful to you, please forward it to your colleagues and please subscribe to my blog so you can learn about future videos and blog posts at zalma.com slash blog. Thank you for your attention.